My name is Rishi Bahari from the Career Advancement Center at Smith School of Business at Queen's University. I'm a corporate relationship manager specializing in finance. The Career Advancement Center works with students at Smith to help them launch their careers and find their future through their job search, recruitment, and onboarding. So today we are talking with an alum from MBA 2019, Tolu Arogamati. Tolu, you are currently working with? IBM. IBM. Uh, in which role? I'm a product manager now. Product manager. Okay, we're going to talk all about that. Awesome. So to start, I uh, just want to welcome you and thank you so much for driving down from Ottawa thank today. Thank you for having me. And you're driving back right after this awesome. yes. as well to the C, uh, CFRC studio. Uh, we, we mentioned where you're working now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what the journey to this position was like coming out of the MBA? Coming out of the MBA, I feel like if I go back before the MBA, it might help a little bit. So I was a software developer before coming into the MBA. Mm-hmm. So I already had some experience in the technology space. I went into the MBA because I wanted to transition roles. I wanted to be in something like this where I was using technology to meet a business need or a customer need. Um, so the MBA really was that bridge for me to get into product management. So that's pretty much how the MBA converted me into a product manager pretty much. Right, okay, so you did a career pivot. So exactly. can you describe to me uh, what that looked like in terms of what that meant in your day-to-day, how you went about trying to transition into something completely different? That's a, that's a good question. In terms of a day-to-day, I think the first thing as a new product manager is accepting that you are no longer in control of the direct implementation of things. Right. So the MBA helps you step back and see a problem from an overview perspective. Right. And you say, okay, if there's a problem in finance, these are the ways I would go about it. Right. If there's a problem in marketing, these are things that can change in the operations so that marketing can work. Right. And the MBA gives you that overview so that you understand, hey, I don't have to directly implement this software change for my customer to be happy. It's now recognizing my customer wants X, Y, Z. I've spoken to the customer. They've told me this is what they want to change. Say, for example, they want to change how a cell looks or how a cell behaves in right. our program. I then step back. Okay, this is what they want to change. I talk to my developers. Hey, um, my customer's telling me they want to do X, Y, Z. If I change that, what does that look like? Right. And it's up to them to tell me, okay, if we're going to do that, this is what is going to change for support perspective. This is what is going to change for my product release perspective. Right. And that then gives me a way to then set up more meetings with someone else. Right. To say, okay, if we're going to change these many things coming up to this next release, who else do I need to talk to? What else needs to change? So that ability to step back because of the MBA was really valuable. Right. And now in my day-to-day, I no longer go in trying to fix a problem, just find the problem and find the people who can help me fix that problem. Oh, that, I don't have to fix it myself. That makes a lot of sense. And the MBA, another thing it also adds is because of our MBA being so team-focused, mm-hmm. you recognize you're not alone on any problem you have. Right. If you're working on a problem that's, a problem that's specifically development-related, it could affect support. So you do need support in there just to have a say. Even if it has nothing to do with them, mm-hmm. they're the one going to support this new thing you're adding. Right. So you want to have those people in there. You want to have as many eyes on the problem as possible. For sure. As efficiently as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. And so speaking of support, yeah. um, what were some of the resources, uh, both in terms of um, things available to you or people available to you during the mm-hmm. MBA that helped you sort of figure out this transition? Obviously, the CAC was, was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the support staff for the MBA were also tremendous. I was actually just coming in before this uh, interview and I was greeting everyone at the office because I've missed them so much. Right. Like when you come in the first day, everyone knows your name already. 
right? So even when you come into class, they ask, how are you doing? What's going on? So you're already okay from a personal perspective before you then talk about your career or your academics, right? And so once you have that feeling of well-being, that you're okay, the next step is now talking to someone about, oh, hey, my, I want to transition, for example, in my case, I want to become a product manager. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Who do I need to talk to? Right. Um, so for me, it was the staff, one. My teammates as well really helped, just having someone to just quickly bounce ideas off of. Um, the CAC, my uh, career coach, we set up bi-weekly meetings. So we met every two weeks without fail. Wow. Just, even if I had nothing to say, oh, I did this this week. Do you think this makes sense? Right. Or I'm trying to join this club. Do you think it makes sense? Mm-hmm. I'm meeting this person. What do you think? Just having someone that you can bounce ideas off of is tremendous and it's invaluable. You can't explain what it means to you until you're in it. Um, aside from that, then there was alumni as well that I spoke to. Um, one of my uh, friends that I spoke to was uh, this guy's name is Sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, Sauce? Uh, yeah, Sustine. Oh, okay. Sustine. I was like, That's a cool <laughs> name. I'm like, Sauce. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> an amazing name. Um, but yeah, so I spoke to him as well. He's in a tr- technology role as well with the, one of the big banks in Toronto. And I just talked to him about what I wanted to do. Um, he put me in touch with people in his class as well who could help me as well. So just talking things out was huge mm-hmm. and finding people that could help me. And how did you connect with uh, different alumni uh, along the way? How What did that process look like? So coming into the program, the MBA office already connected Sauce and I. Okay. So that's how that started. Mm-hmm. And then Drew also put me in touch with certain people whenever I was like, I'm thinking I want to talk to someone in finance. I just want to see what it looks like. Right. He put that in touch. Like, okay, do you want to do technology in finance or are you looking at just finance generally? Right. So he put me in touch with people, just go talk to them have a sense of what they're doing, see how that could affect what you want to do. And there's obviously nothing wrong with just talking. And even if you find out that's not what's for you, it was valuable because it's taught you that's what you don't want. Right. right? So it's equally as important learning what you want as much as what you don't want. For sure. Um, and, you know, I have to say, I, I can totally relate to your experience with the program because I'm MBA 2013 yeah. myself. I now <laughs> work at the school and there's a reason because I had such a positive experience. Awesome. Um, and you talk about uh, what, when you're in it, the resources that are there, the people you're talking to, and then you've kind of touched on starting to narrow it down and say, mm. learning what you want to say no to. So tell us a little bit more about that process of really narrowing it down to the point where you're in a specific role now. Awesome. Um, so the cool thing about coming to the MBA is the MBA is a path to so many places. You can take it to go into consulting. You can take it to go into finance. You can go into technology. And when you come in and you start hearing all this noise around someone wants to be a consultant. You're like, I can totally do that too. <laughs> you know, someone wants to do finance. Oh my goodness, I'm good at math. I yes, can, I remember. You that. know, yeah. and so you come in really excited and there's so many different ideas, so many things you want to do. The first step is just to sit within yourself and understand yourself. What am I truly interested in? Mm-hmm. What has truly stuck with me so far? Um, and for me, that has been technology. It's one of the reasons I came to Canada. It's just been something I'm, I'm excited about. Just anytime I see technology, I'm like, how can we, like, what's going on? Oh my goodness, how does this work? Right. So that has been something that's exciting to me. Once I understood that was important to me, I was like, okay, I want to do something that has a technology slant or some kind of technology in it. Now, thank, we're thankful that, I'm thankful that we're in 2019 where technology is in almost everything. So that was a start, at least. Then the next step was understanding, do I want to create software? Or do I just want to use software in my day-to-day? Mm-hmm. So I looked into all the technology leadership programs. Um, there was one with CIBC. I looked into the one with RBC as well and TD. So those were all the big banks. 
Aside from that, then I looked at technology companies specifically. So I went to the info session with Uber. I went to Hootsuite. Um, I also went to an IBM panel. So any tech, big technology company I went to. Um, then I also went to this other one, it was Capco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a finance uh, consulting company. I went to Deloitte as well for their technology uh, program. So I saw all those things and then I quickly realized consulting wasn't for me. I don't know what it was about it. It was just the idea that I wasn't going to directly implement stuff. Right. I was just like, I, I want to like consulting. I really do. But I really don't want to be here. <laughs> so go, going through these info yeah. sessions and talking with your coach, you started to realize because you're being exposed to more things that some were pulling you more than others. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's what it was. Some were exciting me more than others. Um, and then I went for, when I was at the bank info sessions for their technology leadership programs, I was excited. So I applied. Like I was like, all right, I know I like this one. I'm going to apply for that. Um, and then... As the technology roles came open as well, so with Uber as well, I applied to those. Mm-hmm. Hootsuite, I applied to. Ecobee, I applied to. Um, so as those started becoming more available, those were the ones I applied to. And I was, and I sat one day and I thought about if I'm working somewhere, where do I want to be proud that I work? Right. You know, where do I want to be like, if I was a dad and my kid were to ask me, dad, where do you work? I want to be like, I work at XYZ. This is what we do. Right. Right. So those kind of things started to ponder on my mind. And so I was like, okay. Don't really want to do consulting because it's like, uh, where do you work? I work at whatever consulting company name. I'm like, no, that's not me. So I removed consulting from my focus. Um, then when it came down to finance, I enjoyed math. I'm an engineer as well before the undergrad, uh, before the MBA, sorry. And I was like, I love math, but if I can work in a bank, it would probably be as a technology person. Mm-hmm. So I ignored all the general uh, bank roles, and I applied only to the technology So not consulting, role. not banking within, exactly. te- within tech, so now you're really starting to narrow it down. Exactly. So that's how I started removing them piece by piece. Um, and that's how I got to pretty much focusing strictly on technology roles or technology companies. Right. Okay. So let's narrow it down now. You're, yeah. You've identified the types of companies you want to work for. Yes. What were the resources that you used in terms of getting ready for the interviews and, and landing that job? So interview prep was through my coach. We did a lot of interview prep. Um, then some of my classmates. And finally, people who were already working at those companies. Okay. So one of the things that I realized was valuable was that at the beginning of the program, I was already creating contacts at different places that I was just generally interested in. And how were you making those contacts? Gener- First of all, was just genuine curiosity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd find someone on LinkedIn who also went to Smith. Okay. And I'd be like, oh, hey, I'm interested in what you guys do. Would you meet me for a coffee? Right. And Smith alone are amazing with that, right? They'll make time for you. They'll sit with you. Mm-hmm. So there was that. I also went to a few conferences. So I went to this conference called the Payments Canada Conference. Um, the CAC actually offered those tickets to our class. Oh, wow. And said, "Would is anyone willing to go? You're welcome. Uh, no, <laughs> amazing. And so I actually went to that and I met a bunch of people. I met the CEO of Moneris there. I met a couple of VPs from Visa. I met a VP from CIBC as well. So I actually met a good number of people there. And because we were the one of the few students who were there, everyone else was a professional. Right. So it was a gathering of people in this industry I wanted to be in. And so they were talking about digitization as coming to payments, coming to banking, how it's going to fundamentally change the way we do things in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I had met all those people and I was already there from interest. So it was easy for them to be like, oh, this guy's already interested. How about you meet me for a coffee? So I met the VP of Visa for a coffee. I met a VP at CIBC for a coffee. Amazing. And so by just being out there, 
mm-hmm. I was already having a leg up in terms of just having contact. So when it came time to apply, I was just like, hey, uh, I'm actually going ahead to apply now, just FYI. Yes. Nothing like just letting you know. And I remember one of the VPs who I'd met from that conference actually came to our uh, to an industry night in Toronto. So okay. he actually came, I met him there again. And I was like, oh, hey, so good to see you. And he already recognized me, so it was, it was awesome. And it helped oh, wow. down the line. Uh, he put me in touch with the, one of the HR uh, recruiters. And that was, that was a fantastic experience for me. So Okay, and then uh, in terms of the interview prep. So yes. you've, you've met these people. They're yes. kind of um, giving you information mm-hmm. on the roles. And so, yeah, how did you prepare? Because okay. there's going to be a lot of other great candidates for these types of roles. So the, the interp- when you do interview prep with the CAC, they give you like this case prep. So you do all those cases. There's behavioral as well. So you do all those repetitively, use the STAR technique, and making sure that you are coherent. Mm-hmm. What's that um, technique? So STAR, it's a situation, task, uh, action, and result. Pretty good. Put you on the spot. <laughs> you remember it, so you must have learned it well. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, using that over and over, I was like, I've, you know, and obviously you don't want to memorize your answer. That's For never sure. the goal, right? But you want to at least be able to deliver what you're what your experience was in a way that shows you're either memorable or someone people want to work with. Right. So that was a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Um, just even reorienting my mind around using this technique because this isn't something you do. <laughs> so. Right. So what do you think it was then that uh, really gave you the edge over other candidates in the end? What gave me the edge? I don't think there's anything that gave me the edge. I think being real helped right. a lot. So authenticity. Yeah, exactly. I think... I didn't try to be like anybody else. I tried to be as genuine as I could. I came in excited. And I was going to places I was excited to be anyways. Yes. So if you're already excited, people want to work with someone who's like, like no one wants to come to work with someone who's like tired of being there. Right. You know what I mean? Like you haven't even gotten here already tired. You know what I mean? So if you're already excited about what we do, you know what we do in a way that's like, are you a stalker or are you a fan? Like it's already, it was on that kind of level, you know, like when I was going into the <laughs> CIBC uh, interview for myself, I already knew a bunch of products. I knew ways we could improve it because that's something I wanted to do anyways. Yes. Like, even if they just asked me, oh, what do you think of CIBC? I could have told them things. I'm like, I don't know. I think you might want to change X, Y, Z. And being the authentic person was just like, I can't measure that. So that was something that helped me with other interviews. So like IBM, again, I was just real. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him everything I was already working on outside of school. I told him things I wanted to do. I showed him uh, my excitement for finance. I also still, because our product is a finance planning product, but again, it's technology. So I told him about it. Look, I already do budgets pretty much every month, right? I told him how I do it for other people as well. So being real about what I do helped a lot. So that's great. So who did you practice with? I think um, I'm one of those people that really enjoyed my experience with my career coach. Yeah. Um, There were days when I was just like, let's go sit on the roof. And just practice. Right. Uh, we talk about things for like 30 minutes and we'd be about to go over. And I'm like, uh, do you mind if I book another one again? Like um, my teammates, so Ed Edward, we practice as well. I remember he had an interview that he was panicking about. And I was like, bro, we're going to be okay. Right. And I remember right before that interview, he also, uh, I think he may, had a mix up. And so we switched uh, interview roles, like interview time slots. Mm-hmm. I moved mine later. And he got that job. So oh, amazing. having your teammates as well, just like supporting you outside my roommate, Addy, uh, he's now with Deloitte. Mm-hmm. Um, just, hey, I just want to practice this with you. What do you think? Like, 
He's like, oh no, I don't think I don't think you want to say that. Like, like if you, for example, you don't want to say this is a problem. You want to say challenge, things like that. You know, like yes. fine tuning your grammar in your interviews as well. Like you don't want to come off sounding like you're a problem. Just doing this is a challenge I'm trying to overcome. Things like that, right? Right. So, teammates, career coach, those would be my two. Amazing. Yeah. I really like what you're saying about authenticity yes. as well. Um, it's it's hard to teach that, but at the same time, you get used to being yourself and being exactly. open and. Uh, I'm not sure if you've been watching this. Uh, what is it called? The Art of Tidying Up on Netflix. It's like this Marie no. Kondo. But she says you should pick um, pieces that spark joy in okay. you. And so when you're going with something you like, like yes. the process of you saying no to a, a lot of things, mm -hmm. the consulting or the banking tech, mm -hmm. sounds like it allowed you to really find what you were authentically excited about. And exactly. that came across in the interviews. Exactly. Exactly. It helps a lot. Okay, good stuff. So, Tolu, uh, a big part of your experience that you've touched, touched on briefly is that of being an international student and coming to yes, Canada. Can sure. you talk a little bit more about what the whole process yes, was like coming from that uh, point of view? For sure. Um, so, I came into the I came to Canada 2009. So, that's about nine years before the MBA. Mm -hmm. um, the, one of the, you get culture shock, obviously, from being in Canada. Mm -hmm. But once you get into the environment of Canada it's very welcoming right so as I've touched on a little bit before there's already a lot of support from the staff mm -hmm. but one thing I haven't mentioned is how your classmates also embrace you right there are a lot of international students here as well that come along who are first time in Canada so I've already been here nine years so right. I know Canada a little bit yes well for some people it's the first time seeing snow right right so I remember that excitement to see snow for the first time and yeah. it's like wow, this is beautiful, right? So when you see that excitement in someone else's eyes, you want to help. Even for Canadians who have been here all their lives, they mm -hmm. also wanted to help. They wanted to introduce us to skating. They wanted to do anything they could to make us also feel at home. Right. And that was pivotal in our experience in the NBA. So we also had a cultural night. There's a cultural night dedicated to just exposing your culture. Mm -hmm. You bring your food or your cuisine from your culture as well. Um, and that for us was just amazing. You could wear whatever you wanted to wear from your culture as well. Mm -hmm. So that was a fun night for all of us and everyone got to share that culture and tell people something interesting about their culture. How important have you found that exposure to diversity to be in uh, your experience and your job now? For me, it just is heartwarming because it shows that people care and they take a moment just to not think about themselves. Right. Right. It's not just them when they're at work. Um, if someone is sitting by themselves at lunch, someone will just pull you aside. Or if you're trying to create a team, they look for someone that's different, just to bring a different perspective. And people respect that perspective. So you've given us some really amazing specific examples of what your process has been. Mm -hmm. Taking a step back, yeah. uh, big picture, what would you say uh, to an incoming student about the major things that they should be looking at in terms of the, the process that they're mm -hmm. going to go through over the the next a little bit of their life in the program of their choice? I think the first thing you've got to be cognizant of is the program and the process has produced so many successful people. So you've got to learn to trust the process. If a process works so well that these many people have come out of it, there's something right about the process. So trust it and submit yourself to that program. And is that hard? You're saying trust it, so that might imply that that can be challenging. It is challenging, especially when you're like, you're not getting results fast enough. Right. Especially when you're young, you want something done like yesterday. If I put this in the oven, I want it in five minutes. Right. right? It's just like, oh, I came into this program on January, like it's January. By February, I expect I'm ready to get a job. I'm ready to be a VP. Like, let's go. Right. right. But 
just going through that process piece by piece and not panicking about it, not worrying too much about it, like you'll be fine. There's one thing one of our uh, staff used to say, and his name is, he says, you'll be fine. Things like that. Like eventually you will get to a process where you'll be fine. So if it's going through your resume over and over, do it. It'll help in the long run. You may not see it now. You may not see the value, but it comes to that. You know, lamp lists, um, going to, through the discovery phase, going through info sessions. You may think you don't want something, mm-hmm. but go anyways. Just to find out at least if you really do want it or if you really don't want it. Um, I remember there were some uh, info sessions I really didn't want to go for. I just like, why do I have to go for this, you know? Right. And you'll find friends who will join you like, yeah, I don't want to go for that. You don't want to go. Oh, let's not go. Right. But, you know, just being like, okay, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to go. Just, just go to it. You, you may be surprised. And what was the motivation for you to say, you know, it'd be easier. I'm tired. I've had all mm-hmm. this schoolwork. I'm not going to go check out all the just extra things. Mm-hmm. What was the motivation that made you say, ah, I'm just, I'm going to go check it out. And did you get something out of those experiences? It sounds yeah. like you did. I, I think the one thing that hit me like a brick was that I had sacrificed so much to be there. Right. right? I had given up a job to be here. I had left home to mm-hmm. be here. Like, I'm in Kingston. I don't really, like, there's, other than my friends and now school, there's really no other reason to be in Kingston for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I was like, you know what? I'm here. I might as well go. I've made all this sacrifice. Might as well. Like, what do I have to lose? I, like, I have so much to gain and nothing to lose, really. So that for me was pressing on my mind. Like, okay, you've sacrificed to be here. Go for it. And the second thing was I was seeing other people having fun going. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't want to miss out. You're getting some FOMO. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to miss out. <laughs> yeah. So that too also helped. And that's peer pressure in a good way. Right. It's like, someone goes and is like, oh, you missed that info session. It's like, what, really? What? Like, that yeah. was the next one. So th- some of that, some of that. And it's also being around people who are passionate, right? And I think the program does a good job of bringing people who are interested in what they want to do. Right. That when you see that excitement, it's like, okay. I don't know. I, I'm, because of this person, I'm going to go, right? Right. Or because of the excitement that the program brings, I'm going to go. Um, finally, the quality of speakers who come as well also helps. Um, uh, I know one time we had the Bank of uh, Canada Governor General. He came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Polos. So that also helps, right? And when you have people who are big caliber, right. it helps a lot. Um, when you have VPs coming, when you have people from major industries coming, it helps, right? So that is certainly... Uh, those, those are the reasons why I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go. Right. So it sounds like you, you're really saying the more you put into it and into the resources that are at the school, the more you ended up getting, getting out of it. Certainly. And that includes alumni. Yes. That includes your teammates. Exactly. That includes the corporates you're meeting at info sessions. It, it, it's, it's, it starts off like when you come in, you're like, oh, I, I'm ready to go. But when you start seeing the process and you're enjoying it and living in the moment, trying not to be too far in the future, it grounds you a little bit where you're like, okay, in this moment, I'm with these people. I'm going to enjoy the most I can. Yes. It sounds like you, you really took advantage of a lot of it. Is there anything that you would do any differently? If you could do it again, if you get one more year, if I could do it again, I'd probably be more involved. Oh, more involved. from From the jump. I think now that I look back on it, there were some things that I was like, I missed out on that. I'm like, I would probably have done more of. So, if it was like joining um, SEC, I'd probably have joined something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could have held more, uh, I don't know, conferences or gone to more conferences, I, I would have. People are quick, quickly receptive to students, right? Right. It's, it's, it's not a threat. It's like, 
you're this nice person. Oh, I used to be a student too. I can, you know. Well, we're not going to make you do the MBA again, but you are giving back um, in, in, with things like this, with this podcast, which so, we really appreciate. Thank so, you for having me. I just want to really thank you for sharing your insights and your experience. I think students can get a lot out of everything you said in terms of embracing all that there is to do, all that the program resources have to offer. And sure. I think you're a great example of thank you so much, of Ricky. what can happen if you if you uh, go down that road. Certainly, certainly. Amazing. So I want to thank our guest, Tolu, today. I want to thank the Smith School of Business and the Career Advancement Center for putting together this podcast and allowing us to have these types of conversations with students. And we want to give a special thanks to CFRC uh, here on campus. And CFRC provides innovative and alternative programming that enriches and challenges the academic and cultural life of the Queen's University and Kingston communities to empower and celebrate the diversity of Kingston and Queen's through innovative, non-commercial, community-oriented programming.